no money in poetry That's what sets a poet free I've had all the freedom I can stand You got your cold dog soup and rainbow pie All it takes to get me by Fool my belly till the day I die Cold dog soup and rainbow pie Well, we got two options here, Shawnee. Mm-hmm. We can waste a bunch of time talking about that thing that's going on mm. that everybody's tired of talking about already, and we can say the same things that everyone else is saying. Don't forget to watch. Or your we hands. can do a podcast about music, which is the thing we're here to do. Uh, suffice to say, we're all in a deal of a pickle. Uh, stand strong. Wash your hands. Hold your dicks. Let's get it going, and let's talk about some music. Sean Majors, you have worked behind my back. Mm-hmm. I've just found out 15 seconds ago mm-hmm. that you have already done a mini-episode about the song we're doing. So I've been caught flat-footed. I had a whole other thing planned out, and I've made an ass out of myself with this microphone. Oh, I didn't so even... I guess I'm handing this over to you now. I didn't even put a bumper music in front of the mini. Freezer and I. So scant production. Freezer and I just got right scant into it. Scant production. That's great. It was really, it was really a gift to our executive producer here in the time of. Oh, you didn't tell me that the office had something to do with it. Yeah, I mean, you know, you were, you were on the text suggestion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought we were having fun and laughing, like. Ah, ha, 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 ha. <laughs> I thought that's what we were doing. Uh, but I guess it is a nice, I guess this this particular selection is a nice tie-in mm-hmm. uh, back to the other form of this podcast, as I believe it was the first one we ever did. Yeah. Uh, it is quite possible the first episode of this podcast featured this song as a reference point. So I guess that's a nice, since this is probably the last one we'll ever do because of, you know, that thing outside. Mm-hmm. Um this is probably a good way to, to book in this baby. Yeah, we, uh, I, I, Creel and I discussed last week in the mini that, uh, you know, our, my, my, my poetry had a theme of, uh, select, like, uh, plagiarism of, like, not well known songs by not well known bands. And except for Garth Brooks, of course, who is one of the most popular <laughs> artists of all time. <laughs> I think I just put a quote above, above the lyrics, above the, the the poem on one of them. Um, <laughs> it's like trying to stop a fire with a moisture from a kiss. From a kiss. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's like whispering in the, a prayer in the fury of a storm. Um, yeah, and so I uh, I borrowed one of the lines for Six Ball Roulette, which is a, is a great title for a poem. You know, I think that my production did more for your poems mm-hmm. than anything you ever did. <laughs> I mean, the words, it is in the T, my friend. It is in the T. <laughs> um, but yeah, that song uh, what, that we're discussing is Your Woman by Whitetown. And to me, if we're going to pick, this song represents a, a phenomenon for me that is like, not just a one hit wonder, like... You know, you might, th- <laughs> but in- we're throwing the word "hit" around. <laughs> <laughs> a, a, a wonder 
whose record label allowed them to actually release a song and <laughs> yeah, and record yeah, a yeah. video. Yeah. A single single, I think, would be the word we're looking for. Oh, one single wonder. Um, and it's... Uh, you Were a Woman by Whitetown. Yeah, it's it's one of those... When, when you, you forget that it exists for two years, and then you listen to it, you're like, yes. I fucking love this song, I'm going to listen to it every day. And then, yes. like, 1999 rolls around, you're like, I fucking love this song, I'm going to listen to it every day. And 2004 rolls around. That, what was that Jamiroquai song? Ooh. You know, it went... Wah, 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 wah. I know that was <laughs> um, I, I can say, I am excited about this part. I'm excited to figure out what the lyrics are to this song because I can tell you oh, I have never paid attention really? to it never once. Oh, Dude, clearly I have if I I'm put one for, of them in one of my poems. I'm only that is true. I'm here for only one thing in that song, and we'll talk about that when we when we get to that thing. But do um, you know it? Party blow my That's it. That's all I'm here for. Because you know it echoes. It sounds like someone uh, was influenced by Taco's Scienceman's Robot. <laughs> And that's a very robotic sound they're trying to channel there. And you know how much I love that. It is. It truly is. Um, And I think Pitchfork Media would agree with you that this is not a one-hit wonder because the song was named the 158th best track of the 1990s by Pitchfork Media. (laughs) In a year that saw 164 songs be released. (laughs) In uh, In the booklet of 69 love songs, the Magnetic Fields frontman... Stephen Merritt described your woman with the most glowing uh, endorsement that I can imagine. This is on the Wikipedia page for the song, like where you pick like the highest of the highs. Stephen Merritt described your woman as his fa- his favorite pop song from the last couple of years. <laughs> <laughs> that is uh, also more information than I've ever known about the magnetic fields. Um, a album that I've listened to many times um, and that Spotify thinks I really love, uh, but I know nothing else other than they're the Magnetic Fields and they had an album called 69 Love Songs. They've got that song called I Don't Wanna Get Over You. You know that song? It's a, I don't. It's a real toe tapper. I don't know that song. Um, well, Your Woman is a song by British one-man band White Town. Oh, God. Everything about this tells me why I've ignored it for this long. I hate a one-man band for the most part. Hate a two-man. I I want you to be a solo artist with a backing group or you're a full tour de force. I don't like this. Name yourself after after yourself if you're a one-dude outfit for the most part. Bright eyes looking at you. Looking at you, bright eyes. Iron and wine. Ugh. Not looking at you. <laughs> White Town is the solo project of Indian-born British musician Jyoti Mishra. J Y O T I Mishra. These are all shocking, shocking facts to me. Mm-hmm. Shocking. Facts. I knew he was one man band, and I thought he was Indonesian, but apparently he's Indian. Um, White Town was formed by Mishra in 1989 after he saw the Pixies play. So there you go. All right. Okay. Okay. Okay, I'm, I'm, I can see the Pixies' influence in this. <laughs> <laughs> the way <laughs> the way he keeps repeating "bought me a soda." <laughs> oh, we got to do that song. Um, and I'm actually surprised that uh, "Brimful of Asha" is not by White Town, but it's by a band called Corner Shop. Look, look here, I'm here to tell you about Corner. Now, if you want to talk about one-hit Indian wonders. Mm-hmm. 
I'll fucking talk about Corner Shop with you all day. <laughs> never once have I turned that song off, and it ain't never gonna happen. A, I am excited every time Brimful of Asha pops up. It's a Brimful of Asha on the 45. Everybody needs a bosom for a pillow. Nigga. <laughs> time, loving the time of this? You are so right. <laughs> Uh, you know, we should consider ourselves blessed because <clears throat> um, it's not—it's not like a like a like a uh, infection that like where lesions show up and like you have to cover up. Never mind, we're not talking about it. Uh, White Town by your woman. I, I, let's let's put a timestamp on this real quick. Mm-hmm. Yes, folks, and in, in the future, when the science men's robots go back and listen to this episode, <laughs> I'm just going to tell you. It's going to have a weird energy to it. I'm trying to fight through it. I don't like being weird, but this is going to be a weird episode because it's love in the time of Corona. Um, so just know that we're trying to provide some sort of distraction to our loyal listeners. We're so scared. And the office. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah. Rob and Larry are not themselves. Hopefully, maybe we can, maybe we can do this episode, get all the jitters out. And maybe we can knock out a couple more in succession just to have some in the can. So so we're not doing episodes when shit really gets bad. Oh, so, man. yeah, just just bear with us. We're, we're all going to get through this together. Look, we picked a light song. There's there's nothing really heavy in this. This is probably a good way to go. I believe. I I, I agree. Um, Do you you be, you know how the song goes, though, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, I know the song okay. well. I know the melody and all that, but I can tell you, I if you if you gave me a quiz, I only know a, I know the chorus and I know one lyric because it's in that poem of yours. Do you remember the video? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, I like the song. Don't I don't want to come off as not. I enjoy the song, mm-hmm. but it's just one of those things that I'm here for the funk on this one. I'm just it's very similar to Taco. You know, I didn't know a lot of those lyrics either, as few as there were, other than Super Duper, obviously. Um, but, yeah, I'm not sitting around paying attention to the lyrics of this. I'm just getting lost in the funk and getting that groove going. You know, um, there's another... It's about the hips, not the head with this one. There, <laughs> there's another Pixies connection here. Uh, the music video includes a scene where, <clears throat> where a woman closes the door on the, on, on the man's arm. She tries to escape from his advances. This is a direct reference to the scene from Salvador Dali and Luis Brunel's surrealist film, Unchain Andalou. Hot. <laughs> Which is referenced in Debaser by Pixies. Huh. What is funny is when you... I don't, I don't think I knew that at all. But when you started going down the road, I was like, is it something from Debaser? Maybe it's just a fact I knew a long time ago and have long since forgotten yeah that the dumb dumb film by dolly has a scene where like uh an eyeball gets sliced yeah i'm so done with art (laughs) i just want facts i just want dylan i just i'm so done with art i just want facts (laughs) some might say hankins that art is the is the biggest truth of them all Oh God! Some might say that and get cussed at. Some might say by Oasis. Some might say that while they're wearing a pink towel in their head on their head <laughs> in a restaurant. Oh, let's get let's tell that story because we're going to reference that for the rest of this podcast, and I don't mean this episode; I mean in perpetuity for the rest of our lives, ladies and gentlemen. 
We're going to get to the song, I promise you. I hate doing this thing that we're doing, which is wasting time and not doing the thing that we're supposed to do it. But again, weird energy. But I need to tell you about the last time Rob and Larry got together in person. <laughs> I was on the way to a funeral because, you know, it's just a joyous time. I tell you what. Hankins here. Hankins, if, if I could just stop and again reiterate mm-hmm. that 2020 can suck a dick. <laughs> yeah, just just let's shut it down. Shut it down. Um, so I stop in Huntsville so that I don't have to go all the way home uh, for this funeral the next morning. Rob and Larry go out. They want to have a nice Huntsville, Alabama supper. Of course, I choose Baumhauer's Wings because that is an old touchstone of mine. No, I'm not proclaiming it to be great. Beauregard's is more Huntsville, but by God, I wanted some of them honey mustard wing and maybe a smoked cheese <laughs> gouda grit, but whatever. Um so it is very crowded. It is a very scary time. People are out uh, really kind of for the last time. I think everybody kind of understood this is the last time to go out and kind of not worry as much as we're going to be doing for a while. So it's crowded. But we wind up sitting at what uh, it's not a bar because they didn't serve the alcohol there. It's just a food counter in the back. I guess for if anyone, if a time traveler came in from the 1920s, Bob Baumhauer wanted to welcome them into an old fashioned food counter where we're sitting right next to the serving window which is all fine these are none yeah. of these are complaints just painting the scene for you it's for um, it's for people who want food now and they don't care if they're literally carted in the back of the the dining room like absolutely like it's two little pedophiles. piggies that this is where are. pedophiles sit <laughs> hungry pedophiles come here to sit they're by themselves they don't want to be mingling around with regular people this is where they go sit and talk about how great tiktok is <laughs> So we're back there. It's a great We've ordered our food. We're we're chatting. We're drinking our big beers, having a good time. Rob and Larry out on the town. Um, and I happen, Larry, that is, I happen to look around, and I see a woman walk into the restaurant, and she is wearing a a faded pink, uh, depletingly uh, the the fuzz has depleted towel on her head wrapped around her head and this is a full-size towel ladies and gentlemen i don't mean it's like one of those uh one of those twisting things that you use to dry your hair it's none of that it is a full-size bath towel wrapped on her head as a woman might wear or a man with long hair might wear once they've gotten out of the shower and they're drying their hair this is a public restaurant it is on a friday night Friday night, prime supper hours, mm-hmm. this is happening. And I see this. And I say to Rob, Rob, this woman's got a towel on her head. No, 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 Hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. I get that. I don't want to blow the line line. I want to save that for the big line. Um, I say, Rob, can you check this woman out? Make sure she doesn't have cancer so I can start making fun of her. Rob gives her a good check over. And he says, I see hair sticking out of the back. And I said, oh, I don't normally take pictures of people in public, but I got to get this bitch. <laughs> so I take a picture, I post it on Facebook, and I explain how in Alabama we think putting a towel on your head keeps that run off your ass. So then, you know, I keep stealing a glance every so often, and she's sitting with a sexy TikTok teen boy. Um, her young son, her teenage son is with Allegedly, it is a counter for I know this fucking kid is embarrassed as a person can be because his mother has brought him into an eating establishment at prime supper hours and she has a pink towel wrapped around her head. (laughs) 
So at some point, Rob and Larry noticed that the, the wait staff has also noticed she has a pink towel on her head. And we uh, we bring the two servers over and say, Mrs. Are you talking about that lady down there with that pink towel on her head? <laughs> yes, we are. And I said, why would you do that? Not why would you talk about her? Why would she have a pink towel on her head? And one of them says, I don't know. I'm going to go ask her. I said, you should go ask her. And she said, maybe you should ask her. And I said, you want me to ask her? And then she says, no, you definitely shouldn't be the one <laughs> to ask her. Well, late later, later, they do go and ask this woman, ma'am, we couldn't help but notice the, uh, the fashion statement that you were making with that towel on your head. To which the woman replies, what? Ma'am, you have a towel on your head. <laughs> oh, oh, no. I was just really hungry, and I had to go pick my son up, and I just wanted something to eat. I just forgot I had this towel on my head. To which Larry says, bitch, you a lie. I know good and damn well you did not walk out of your house with a towel on your head and forget about it. Since then, I have asked several different women's. Have they ever walked out of their house and forgotten they had a towel on their head and made it all the way to the supper table? All were negative. I would also like to point out, our dear listeners, for some reason, they gave Rob a frisbee <laughs> because Rob ordered a big beer and Rob got a frisbee, no, a yingling frisbee. I ordered the fries and they gave, mm-hmm. they gave me fries. fries. That was it. They gave me fries and you a frisbee. Got fries. And you got fries and a frisbee. Well, Hankins, it was fries and a frisbee Friday, so I don't know. I did not know that. I had no clue. So I make fun of Rob for getting a frisbee. The waitress tells me, "Would you didn't get a frisbee because you didn't order fries. I said, that's fine with me, honey. That's fine. She said, do you want a frisbee? I said, no. I definitely, 100%, do not want a frisbee. (laughs) Rob understanding that he also doesn't want to understanding that stock me. was plummeting on having a frisbee <laughs> i i now did not want a frisbee either <laughs> rob has realized how uncool it is to have a frisbee it was it was as a, bad as having a towel having a frisbee was sell big time <laughs> so he leaves it on the counter we turn around as we reach the front door and our waitress is there saying uh 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 here's your frisbee <laughs> She gives Rob his frisbee. Now, we leave the restaurant. We walk. We watch some videos on why we shouldn't move to places and should move to places. And I go to a funeral and mourn my uncle. Then I come back and wrestle. And then I come home the next day. And I go to clean out my car from a long two-day road trip. And I look in the passenger floorboard of my or the floorboard of my passenger seat in my car. And what the fuck do I find? I told you I was going to leave it in your car. I... Find a Ying Ling <laughs> fries and frisbee. And do you know what the real kicker on this is, folks? Do you know what the real spice is to this? I say that damn Rob. He got me. Rob got Larry. I got to give him a good trick on that one. Rob got on Larry. Real good on that one. And I say, you know what? I've got a five-year-old son. He'll love to play with a frisbee. It's fine. I go to take this frisbee out of the bag that it was in. And the Frisbee, folks, is slathered (laughs) in mild wing sauce. Well, no. (laughs) Well, I had 911 with my wings, so you know it wasn't, that wasn't me. 
<laughs> slathered. People. Was it really? So, oh, it was slathered in wing sauce to the point where I couldn't even bring it into my home. <laughs> I just threw it out in the parking lot and said, someone with a dog will pick this up. I hope I hope it didn't like stain your floorboards or anything. I'm happy to report the Frisbee is gone. I would assume someone with a dog picked it up. Ladies and gentlemen, here are the lyrics to White Town, Your Woman. <sighs> Just tell me what you've got to say to me. I've been waiting for so long to hear the truth. It comes as no surprise at all, you see. So cut the crap and tell me that we're through. Now I know your heart, I know your mind, you don't even know you're be- you've been unkind. So much for all your highbrow Marxist ways, just use me up and then you walk away. Boy, you can't play me that way. Uh-oh, uh, there's a gender bender in there that I didn't expect. Um, the whole so song's a I thought maybe, yeah, I thought maybe hearing highbrow Marxist ways in its original content would give me some understanding of the lyric. I still don't have any. Do you have any? Um, when I, from the T specifically, I mean, I can make some inferences, but from the, yeah, tea, no, is there anything? No. Um, the fact that, uh, like when, you know, this came out during a time when the first time you're going to hear a song like this, 50, 50 shot, it's going to be a video on MTV. So if you're watching the video the same way you're watching this, there is that 1920s black and white. uh, There's a little bit of a noir feeling to the the video. So maybe there's a struggle between communist and Marxist uh, played against the backdrop of a love love story or vice versa. That would mean that they they made the video around this line of the song. Yeah. Which wouldn't be the first they time. They think this was the... No, 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 no. Absolutely not. It's not crazy. But they thought this line was so strong. Oh, uh, well, some, somebody like else some did, too. Director. Somebody else did, too. <laughs> That's true. That is true. Some director, Spike Jones, I guess, that'd be the one yeah, director. Why I could, F. Gary Gray sees this <laughs> lyric and decides, here's the linchpin, folks. This is the thing that holds this whole thing together. Let's set up a whole video around this let's do it come on but that's not that's nothing bad like actually those are not bad lyrics when i when i'm no read them like that that's a pretty straightforward and cool way to say hey break up with me yeah come on turn me loose let me off the hook here turn me loose um well i guess what you say is true i can never be the right kind of girl for you i can never be your woman i can never be your woman i can never be your woman I could never be your woman. So we had a gender bender in the second stanza with boy, you can't play me that way. And then I'll never be the right kind of girl for you. Um, But it is a, it is a male who sings the song Mm -hmm. during that time. We did not really talk about how people identified. So I'm not going to play that angle on it. Um, Yeah. Boy, you can't play me that way. Isn't necessarily like gender. I mean, he could be gay. But, like, I could never be the right kind of girl for you, and then I could never be your woman. That, especially in 1997, is going to cause that, like, you know, dissonance when you're listening to it. Exactly. Like, I don't care. I don't 
I don't care if it is a gay relationship. I don't, whatever. That's, that's all fine. I'm not, whatever. But at the time this was released, um, is that just a, a shock value? I don't want to say shock value either because it's not shocking in 97. Marilyn Manson existed. Mm-hmm. So, um, but is that, is that just a thing to get people stirred up a little bit? Do you, do you get that feeling for it, or is there something in the tea that I'm just not picking? I think up? that's why I loved it I, as like a 14 year old kid. Like I think that's why I was like, oh, that you know, that's a cool, you know, whatever. Uh, those are cool lyrics. The fact that a guy is singing about "I could never be your woman," not necessarily. It's a guy obsessively uh, singing from a, a female point of view. I thought that was cool then. Um, you know, it's. Uh, yeah, I think that's probably why, you know, I I liked it so much. I mean, the the music didn't help. The music didn't hurt. You know, the 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 rest of the song, the the beeps and the boops later on, of course, didn't hurt. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't. This didn't. Like, there were certainly songs that sounded like this. It wasn't out of the blue, but it was certainly not the prevailing sound of nineteen ninety seven. Um, was uh, this thing? Yeah, I mean, maybe in England, probably, probably more so across the pond, maybe where it was made, it sort of fit the times. But here in the states, this was an outlier to a degree. Yeah, you're gonna have like, uh, I mean, it's it's classified as like indie tronica. <laughs> yeah, which is a word I hate. Yeah. yeah, it's a word I'm just finding out, and I definitely hate. <laughs> Trip hop. Maybe might be a trip hop. I've, trip hop is like I was thinking Portishead and yeah, yeah, Sneaker yeah. Pimps and and that oh, kind of man. thing. Oh man, Six Underground. What a song. Um, that that's Sneaker Pimps, right? You you had it, buddy. I would have corrected you otherwise. Okay. <laughs> you know we love corrections on this podcast. <laughs> and then the video though is all is played from a woman's perspective as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's just an odd. It's an it's an odd choice that I'm sure. What does Wikipedia have to say about that? Um, because I'm sure that he's asked that in every interview he's ever done. Right after, uh, you're in what band now? Uh, he says, "When <laughs> I am the band, when I when I wrote it, I was trying to write a pop song that had more than one perspective. Although it's written in the first person, the character behind that viewpoint isn't necessarily what the casual listener would expect. So it really is kind of like. Do you remember Empire Records? the movie never seen it somehow wow there's rex manning day i know all of i know what should what i should say is i've never seen it all in one scene there's one character talking to another one uh one is like the the weird like quiet dude talking to the the crazy stoner that loves guar and uh the crazy stoner's name is mark and uh the the his friend uh he, he tells his friend i'm thinking about starting a band his friend says uh what are you gonna name it and he says, well, my, my name uh, spelled, my name's Mark, and it's spelled with a K. And uh, so I was thinking about playing, uh, spelling it like Mark with a C. And then the other guy says, always play with their minds. That's what, that's the kind of like pretentious, like, stuff that I, I, I think that's probably like where he, he, he seems very proud of it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He is very proud that he's like, yeah, man, I, I don't care about anything. Everything's on the table and nothing's on the table. <laughs> she slipped on a banana peel. <laughs> Mishra writes that the themes of the song include being a member of an orthodox tr- Trotskyist slash Marxist movement, being a straight guy in love with a lesbian, being a gay guy in love with a straight man, 
being a straight girl in love with a lying, two-timing, fake, arse Marxist. The hypocrisy that results when love and lust gets mixed up with the highbrow ideals. I now hate this song. <laughs> you know, there is a reason that I rarely ever want to hear an artist talk about a song in specifics. And that is usually why. I would rather there be mystery because sometimes when they start talking about a song, it just means I have to hate it on principle. Um, you know, you can talk about recording the song. Mm-hmm. You can talk about what was going on when you were writing the song. All those things are on the table. But man, I really don't ever want to hear you explain. Even though, even I, even though you 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 think you want to know, you don't really want to know. You don't really want to know. Um, I have had the fortune to meet a lot of songwriters in my life. I rarely will ask, like, hey, what's that about? Because I don't, it, it's not fair, and it just, it's going to lead them to say something stupid. The phone machine was all hooked up. That's a different beast altogether. <laughs> I had to know. I had to know. There were too many specifics in that that I needed to know from Johnny D. Um, and I think I, got, I finally got my answer. But I only asked about one specific part of the song, and it was the phone machine, because I didn't know what the hell that was. Um, the, oh my god, these street signs in this video are infuriating. Oh yeah, the ab- abort, retry, fail message that appeared on some inlay cards <clears throat> is explained by the artist thus. Well, this cheerful message became kind of a shibboleth for me and sort of characterizes what's going on for me the last few years. The song was mixed on a microcomputer, the Atari ST. That is the first piece of, of good information we've gotten from that Wikipedia. If I could just read this paragraph again. Being a member of, the, of an Orthodox Trotsky-esque Marxist movement, being a straight guy... Mishra writes that the themes of the song include being a straight guy in love with a lesbian, mm-hmm. being a gay guy in love with a straight man. Okay, so same, same kind of situation. Being a straight girl in love with a lying, two-time, fake, arse Marxist. But the, the, the person... The person is a lying two-timing Marxist, regardless of the um, orientation or gender of the other. Yeah, person. it's not. And then, and then the last sentence gets me that I'm trying to figure out what the fuck it means. The hypocrisy that results when love and lust get mixed up with highbrow ideals. That's to say that that highbrow principles are incongruous with love and lust, which makes no sense. And to me. and requires some hypocrisy. I don't I don't think that's over my head. I just think it just it's I think it's under his. <laughs> it does not commute, <laughs> compute or commute. It doesn't go from one also place to the other. Also doesn't commute either. It doesn't. Um no, this is why you never meet your never meet your heroes, folks, because if you read a Wikipedia article sometimes this happens. Um, is there more to this song? Yeah, there's a whole second verse. Uh, Let's get it, baby. Well, I saw my best friend yesterday. She said she never liked you from the start. Well, me, I wish that I could claim the same. But you always knew you held my heart. And you're such a charming, handsome man. Now I think I finally understand. Is it in your genes? I don't know. But I'll soon find out. That's for sure. Why did you play me this way? <laughs> well, I guess what you say is true. I can never be the right kind of girl for you. I can never be your woman. 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 And he labels the love interest as a handsome man in that stanza. So that goes flies in the face of his um, 
man in love with a lesbian yeah. deal. You're doing a bad job, Taco 2. Taco <laughs> 2, you're not really reaching me here, pal. I got to say, you're not really reaching me. Oh, man. Oh, man. This talk. This took five people to write. No, it did not. It did not take five people to write this. That's... They're pro- surely, surely there's a sample in there somewhere that, that's eaten up some of those songwriter credits. It must be because one of the songwriters is George Clinton. Yes, there you go. Excellent. Yes, so there, there's a sample in there somewhere that, that is... Oh, yeah, Bing Crosby is one about- of the writers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay, okay. okay. <laughs> what, what if... Okay, hang on. The year is 1995. <laughs> George Clinton, Bing Crosby, Jody Mishra, and two other dudes are in a are at a bar, and they're like, "Man, you ever like get mixed up in like Trotskyism and Marxist Marxism, and like you know, it's you don't know if you're a single gal in love with a gay man or a straight dude in love with another gay man, or I don't even know, man. It just seems like those things don't even." Hell yeah, I'm mixed up with some crap right now. <laughs> well, you know, pal. Uh, <laughs> Bing bong boom boom. Uh, I think when lust and love get mixed up with highbrow Trotskyism, <laughs> you're gonna get some problems, pal. White Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> It's been a tough week. <laughs> it has been. That, but that is a common mistake I've heard. I hear people make that mistake a lot, a lot of times. Like cats that are either young and they don't know a lot about how music business works or guys that are older and don't know about how hip hop works specifically. They'll read a like a Kanye liner note and they'll see all the names. Yeah. As songwriters, like, why was he working with this guy or this? The, the, the kid of like, yeah, Kanye. Like, if you're in the room with him, he'll give you a writing credit, man. That's just the kind of guy. He is. Like, no, that's just sample clearance, guys. That's just sample clearance. I lived in a time where we didn't have to do all that, oh. and then I lived through the time where we had to start doing that. And that was that is one of the most that is the thing I miss the most about physical media um, was being able to crack open the liner notes of a hip hop record and starting to sort of build your musical web. Like, Oh, they sampled this from this. Let me go. Let me remember that. So when I hear brothers Johnson song down the road, I can know what that is. And I'll have some touchstone to her. Oh man, that is what I thought was a sample from this hip hop group. Nope. That was a sample from this originally. And then it sampled that. So yeah, you can really get into a, a that was the original YouTube hole. Um, yeah. Going down the sample list of a, of a hip hop liner note. All of a sudden, you're watching uh, The Ten Worst Places to Live in Mississippi by Mount Briggs. That's because of the black people. <laughs> that guy is a racist. That guy's a racist. World According to Briggs is a racist. You heard it here first. Oh, my God. You know. I mean, it's just, you know, there's black people there. That towel was just, like, placed on that woman's head. It never moved, Rob. It never moved. I just, like... And we like tried to discreetly ask the the servers about it, and they just kept pointing at her from like twenty feet away. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, there was the the discretion really went away at some point. Probably when I started yelling, "Ooh, I gotta get this bitch." That's probably where the real issues, the real started. commotion. And that poor, 
that poor TikTok teen sitting next to her. <laughs> also, <laughs> they were both on their phones the whole time. Um, mm. So, I mean, that is what that is. Well, the um, thing is, if, but that, if that was if that was a, a space relegated for pedophiles, <laughs> she was she was doing the bit. But you're not supposed to bring sand to the beach, lady. Fuck me. And end the up. End the up. End it. Are we done or are you still laughing? I really just like it stopping there. (laughs) Episode the last ever of Cold Dog Soup. We've tackled a lot here today. How to cope with anxiety. Towels on people's damn heads. Pedophile seating area etiquette. <sighs> TikTok. White Town. Marxism. Mm-hmm. George Clinton. Troskyism. White Christmas. TTFnetwork.com. Drummer Boy. Patreon.com slash TTF. Uh, can't find any toilet paper in the city of Huntsville, so... If y'all just want to, I don't know, reach out to us on Twitter. We don't want to broadcast my mailing address because, let's be honest, this is the first place y'all show up (laughs) when the looting happens. Everybody's coming to big mortgages. You ain't got to worry about that. God damn. All right. Next week. Love and lust do not mix with highbrow philosophy, but they do mix at the back counter of Bob Bob Howard's wings. This has been Cold Dog Soup, the mixtape.